Today on the post game, we recap an exciting weekend of college lacrosse. We preview the upcoming Syracuse Notre Dame game where Nick and I will go head to head in a wager. We talk PLL expansion draft, the surprises and the not surprises, discuss the Brent Adams trade, and we also get into me being blackballed from the PLL player pool. We wrap this all up with an awesome interview with Bryce Wasserman. Welcome to another episode of the post game. Lot to talk about. We actually have a phenomenal interview with Bryce Wasserman coming up. But before that, Evan and I have some great, great college lacrosse to break down. Finally, the ACC play is in full swing. We have the PLL draft. Uh, Evan, let's start with first things first. How was your weekend? I had a great weekend. Uh, watching March Madness, Syracuse lost, whatever. Um, still was, you know. A fun weekend to watch all the games and to to bet a little bit. So I got mm-hmm. no complaints. I had a good weekend. I also was pretty hungover in the morning, but I was able to get up and play basketball with some of my friends. So sweated it all out. Had a great Sunday morning, and yeah, and here I am today, feeling like a million bucks. How was yours? You had a little uh, bachelor party. I know you had some buddies in town. Yeah, we uh, so Friday standard. Saturday woke up really, really early. Drove out to Gunnison, Colorado, to coach up some mountain kids. Really appreciative of uh, us coming out there. You know, it's funny they don't know what the hell they're doing, but they're just happy to be out there, which is the perfect thing. Um, and then yeah, I drove to a buddy, a childhood friend's bachelor party. Um, so I was really hurting on Sunday. And I had a, uh, a Sunday brunch with Jamie Iketa, who's been mentioned on this pod before, Duke Lacrosse. He was in town on a little uh, ski trip, so had a little brunch with him, and then was a complete fucking zombie for the rest of all Sunday. So <laughs> it was a uh, it was a nice little nice little run. Sounds um, great. The only yeah no it, it was a blast. And to your point, I've actually gotten in a pretty good habit of leaning into the hangovers and being like, I need to just go and get on the bike or work out or do something. Because if I don't, it'll linger until 4 p.m. Whereas if I just go and work out, you know, work my balls off and then have a relatively healthy breakfast, I'll be good at noon. So yeah. credit to you for getting out of bed and playing basketball. 4 p.m. the next day, honestly. I'm usually hung over on Monday. Like, I yeah. want to die. Fuck, dude. <laughs> I'm getting old as shit. I hate it. Um but no, phenomenal week for college lacrosse, and we'll kick it off with a Thursday game, one of the better games I've seen in a long time, Duke-Syracuse. Syracuse, by the way, flying in the morning of the game, which really impacted my prediction of it. Couldn't believe how good of a game that was. Yeah. Evan, I'll kick it over to you. Yeah, I thought it was a great game. I honestly think like they didn't come out slow. I expect them to come slow, but I think the lull for Syracuse was really in the second quarter. Um but I think the game was as advertised. I thought Duke looked as good as they looked all season, like Sowers. It might be a product of like the Syracuse defense not being as good as you know they have been in the past. I think they're missing like a key key cover guy. They're using a uh, Mitch Wyckoff, who's like you know he played D three for four years. Like he's certainly not a Nick Mellon, who is a top five recruit who they had the luxury to have the past five years and, and cover the top guy. But Sowers looked like amazing, like the best player in the country. Brennan looked very good. Um, I do want to credit Nick DiPietro, who was covering Brennan in the game. I don't think he really uh, did anything in the second in the second half when Syracuse won on the run. So the defense locked down. Um, I mean, it is what it is. It was a back and forth game. Syracuse did what they do and come and came back. Um, everybody showed up. Uh, I think this was the best I've seen Drake Porter play and you know, he's kind of had like all this hype statistically and I think that was his first time like 
stepping up in a huge game and like looking like one of the best players on the field, which I think is huge for for Syracuse go forward and when they're going to play in these like bigger games and you know hopefully in another Final Four. Um, but other than that, I mean, the game was that advertised. I'm not upset about like them losing. Obviously, I wish they won, um, but. I'm happy with what Q's did. It's not going to impact them from like a ranking perspective, and I'm sure they'll see Duke again at some point. So, I mean, it was yeah, I, no, it was I, the best I, game of the year. Like, it was such a fucking I, good like, game, by far the best game of the year. And the only thing that I was worried about was that the ACC was going to become a bloodbath uh, for from a blowout perspective. As long as the games are close, like I, I'm all for it. And that game was kind of like the, the perfect back and forth, Titan slugfest, players making plays, goalies making saves. It was everything that you could want out of a college lacrosse game on a Thursday. Um, you know, it, it got me really excited to, uh, to follow along. And it, it Sneaky made me a much bigger believer, as dumb as this sounds, in Syracuse than I was going into that game. Yeah. Um, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, you, you kicked the shit out of Virginia. You lost to Army. You're probably in that, you know four to six range but is it a top three unequivocally now i'm a full believer that it, it's anyone's game in syracuse i would be happy to throw my hat in the ring as far as a potential national championship so as much as i hate to uh again go back and give syracuse credit um great fucking prediction i think you had them winning by one or at least you know, i had them winning by two but two I mean, yeah, fuck, they, that, that, that's way yeah. better than my prediction of them losing by five or whatever. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that stands out to me, too, is their second-line midfield is very legit. Owen Seabold looks great, and he's scoring a ton of goals. I do want to touch on the final play of the game because mm-hmm. Mike Adler seems like a great guy. His brother is a friend of the pod, but everyone is hyping up. Like People are comparing the save he made at the end of the game to like Kyle Burnlor's save in the national championship against Not UNC. The same thing. Shut the fuck up. It actually was like kind of... It wasn't an easy save, but it was definitely not hard. Like Rafis, to For Rafis to handle that backhand and then like get it off backhand, it took him like two seconds to get the shot off. Like It's not that hard to make a low-angle save like right into your stick. So credit him for getting pipe to pipe. But other than that, like it was not that difficult. Burnlor's save is unrivaled in terms of like difficulty and i thought you know everybody was talking about the save the fact that rafis even got that shot off oh my god i thought was an infinite that was the play like and how about everybody how about this everyone's hopping on the train now right i've been talking about it for fucking five months now about how good steven is and how undervalued he is and unappreciated and now like everyone's hopping on the train because he played duke on a thursday like trying to syracuse put out that graphic where they were or was that just about syracuse lacrosse or was that no it was about steven specifically and it's like all these tweets and i was included in (laughs) but you could have filled that thing up with his picture wouldn't even be showing if you had all my tweets on there so uh yeah i mean i'm glad he's getting the credit he deserves and other people are starting to realize um so hopefully you know he cracks all the lists gets an all-american uh ranking that he deserves but it was good to see that but i just thought it was funny uh, what's his ranking as far as like to wharton watch list i mean he should be on the watch list like i'm not gonna say like He's not like a Sowers. Like he's not. He, it's not like you watch him and you're like, holy shit! Like this kid is like an elite athlete and like does stuff that like wows you all the time. He's just like a very, very, very good lacrosse player. He's a great mm-hmm. lacrosse player, and like he does everything well. And he does have wow factors at times. Like that catch and almost finish was would have been incredible. Like that would have been all over the internet if it happened. So he has like the capability to do that, and he's done it in his career. So, I mean, I just think again, he's like a little underappreciated in that regard. But I think like. He's athletic, but his lack of athleticism gets in the way of him getting to that like 
upper echelon of, of attackmen. Yeah. So I put him like, I think he has an argument to be a second team All-American. He's probably going to get third team All-American because everybody's an idiot who works in lacrosse media. <laughs> <laughs> Except for us. We're yeah. the premier lacrosse right now. So. Um, Shifting gears. Let's shift gears yep. to the uh, the down note for the podcast and uh, Notre Dame losing to the ACC fraud that is Virginia. Yeah, re- really big bummer. Any other ACC team give me a one goal game? Really needed a victory there. Um, I've been thinking about ways that ways to do the spin zone, and I've come down with two things. One, um, you can't be ready for an ACC team after you have that many tune up games. Um, you at least <laughs> threw Army in early. Um, you know, Duke at least had a challenge with high point. Notre Dame has been able to coast by on boring six goal, uh, goal, you know, goal differentials. And you, you just can't do that. You need to throw in a harder preseason opponent, whether it's army, throw in a Maryland, throw in a Rutgers, throw in a big 10 program. Um, can't coast, can't coast by. Cause then you, you won't be ready. That's my first spin zone. Second spin zone. You never want to start out undefeated and put that much pressure on yourself, <laughs> um, even though it is Virginia, you know, I hate to draw comparisons to Duke losing to Air Force and then winning the Natty. Virginia is, you know, the uh, the perennial Air Force of the ACC. I don't even know what the fuck that means, uh, but I'm working <laughs> on my spin zones. And you don't want to put that much pressure on yourself if you kick the shit out of Virginia. And then you're trying, you know, playing that trap game of, okay, perfect. Now Syracuse thinks that they're going to kick the shit out of us because they beat Virginia by 10. We lost by one. They're going to show up, you know, thinking their shit doesn't stink. And then boom. It's a one goal game again, regardless. Those are my two spin zones. Which one do you think I should roll with for uh, for everyone else? I think the tune up game is a good spin zone, especially in this season. In this season, right? Like it's just you know anything goes in the COVID season. I think they could have used a tougher matchup uh, early on. Maybe if they scheduled like a Denver early on, like Denver went and played. I think Denver looks great now, and they went and played UNC and Duke and lost, and now they're kind of finding their feet, uh, their footing. So mm-hmm. I'd go with that. I'd also go with Docs just played out of his mind and it was Docs Unbe- coming like, out party. Welcome he, to the show. Where the hell was that on the scouting report? So that was box? he has not been good this year. He's a great player, but he has not been good this year. And then that was like kind of their since the Syracuse game, but really there were a lot of good games the weekend of the Syracuse game. The only game to really watch on Saturday was Notre Dame, Virginia. So that mm-hmm. was like prime time. They're playing everyone wants to tune into that game. That was a perfect coming out party for him. So there wasn't much you guys could do. Like he was going to go off, and that's just another added bonus to Virginia. And it's it's not the same Virginia team when he's playing well. So college lacrosse is better when Doc Aiken is playing at the top of his game, and he was against uh, Notre Dame. Yeah, I I will say it is a little frustrating to watch. Like if you allow some person, like just slide early, make him make the pass. Yeah, like make they them, were not make sliding. Ball. That goal when that's he fucking what, swims the kid at like midfield and then pulls up from like ten. If I was the goal, I'd be like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah, like hey. Yeah, he swam him, broke his ankles, and then had an additional 15 yards to plan his feet yeah. and step in. And I was, you know, everybody was like, wow, what a play. And, you know, maybe we're just assholes, but I was like, well, that's just bad defense. Like, yeah. what the fuck are we doing? And, you know, I'll, I'll never chirp this, but that was a savable ball. I mean, feel like it had a good read. I was like, stick side high, bad slide. Maybe stick side high is not as easy as everybody makes it sound like. How about that? I, yeah, <laughs> you know, don't don't get me started on that. But I was I was disappointed that that goal was like the marquee goal when there were five different things that went wrong on our yeah. end that made him look fucking sick. Did you see the uh, the goalie Liam Enterman's chance Dude, to score? You have to put that on kid. You I'm, have to. I mean, that. I'm I'm scoring there ten times out of ten. 
I'm either looking down and pinging it high or just going underhand near side, like whatever, it, whatever it takes. You, you I'm scoring. I, he I, looks yeah. so he like looked like a goalie who, and he's from Long Island, so this is a little surprising. He went to Chaminade, which is a great high school program, but he very much mm-hmm. looked like a kid who's like a very good lacrosse goalie, but is not necessarily like good at lacrosse, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I wasn't. I wasn't surprised. I was surprised by because. He like throws very good at- outlets, and he looks like he has good stick skills. But he just like tightened up so much, and he just didn't look natural. Like you got to bury that. In his like, defense, <laughs> that's a pretty big fucking moment. I mean, shit. When I was a freshman and I was going in towards the goal, I'd be I'd be clamming up. Uh, Dude, you know, I so. mean, come on. He's all by himself. Just freaking put it on cage. It's like, like yeah, you do the same thing. I mean, I had on. a goal in college against two. Colgate. Yeah. So it was a one goal game though. It was a one goal game. game. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually kind of sick. Is there video evidence of that? Can we yeah. get that up on the Twitter? There was video evidence, but it was at the end of the game and it was 80 yards. The goalie was running out of <laughs> dude. So their goalie was such a fucking little fuck in college. He was, uh, he started like all four years. And he always talked so much fucking shit. And I just like hated him. And I remember what yeah. we played him every year. I remember watching him and being like, on the sidelines, like, this kid talks so much shit, like, fuck him, and he was running out of the goal, and I had the ball running the clock out at the end of the game, and he ran out of the goal, like, early, like, to the yeah. sidelines, and I just fucking shot it from 80 yards away, and it went in. Mm. <laughs> and did you did you give him, like, the look afterwards, like, yeah, there you go, take a suck? No, nah, I just, like, I mean, I, like, just put my hands in the air, and then uh, was on Sports Center. not a big deal, um, but yeah. Nice, that, first time? It. Uh, first time for something good. I was on it a couple of times for getting scored on. <laughs> uh, last game of the weekend. Um, it sounds like you were pretty hungover, so I'm not sure if you caught Rutgers, Maryland. But as advertised, you know, Rutgers was like hanging around a bit, but Maryland was never really in, in any danger. Yeah, I, it, it, it's, you know, round two. The, the exact same round two of the younger brother challenging the older brother and the older brother shoving him in a locker. Nothing surprising. I didn't watch it. I was on my deathbed. Um, but the least surprising thing that I've seen in quite some time. Um, I don't even know if there's anything that I can say to break down. But, again, it, it's Maryland and then everybody else. And, yeah. really, the only people that have, uh, you know, even even a shred of dignity talking about them being making a run for the national championship is literally every team in the ACC, Maryland, <laughs> maybe Denver, and that's about it. I feel like Army could sneak in. Um, no. Just because they beat Syracuse. I don't know. I'm all fired up about that still. But that's, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Maryland's I think the big the thing, thing that, big the big thing that sticks out to me about Rutgers is like star power not showing up. So, like, Kirst is, Kirst is supposed to be a first team All American, and both, he has one point in two games against Maryland. So, I think that's probably like. You need those guys to step up if you're going to get to that point. Like the Syracuse first time, first line midfield is going to score no matter who they're playing. Like you need you mm-hmm. need those guys to step up. So I think that's something that Rutgers needs. Uh, you know, Bernhard had like I don't know, I think five six points. So they have their star stepping up. Rutgers needs needs theirs too. Yeah, Jules, give them give them the pep talk. Yeah, let's go. Uh, Make it interesting. Couple quick hitters. Ohio State minus one and a half over Michigan was the biggest lock of all time. Um, so I mean, I don't know how that was line, but they ended up winning by like thirty. It looked like. Um, mm-hmm. And then Penn State got revenge against Hopkins, and Mac O'Keefe had some serious fucking shots in that game. So 
Penn State stinks, but Mac O'Keefe does not. Uh, and Hopkins is out of the top 20 after we uh, chirped the shit out of the media for, for keeping them in. So I think that was I that mean, was yes. us. Credit, I mean, it was us credit, as much as it was Penn State. <laughs> credit to us. And also, I, I fucking suck so bad at fantasy. I was like, you know what? Whatever. Like, Penn State's probably going to have a bad game, so I'm going to go with the Hopkins goalie and the Hopkins D. Penn State lights him up, and now I look like a big piece of shit. So I'm I'm gonna have to fucking steal somebody's ideas for fantasy because even like my ooh, I'll I'll just take a chance. I just get you know my dick kicked in. So, you know, shout out to Hopkins for not only getting kicked out of the top twenty, but for fucking me over in fantasy. Um, get it together. Even though they're a friend of the program, shout out you know, um, John Cohen. Shout out John Grant Jr. Big fan of you guys, but fucking a. Come on now. <laughs> Um, and that about does it for, for calls across. It was a relatively like great four games and then like a pretty big drop off. Um, but yeah. this upcoming weekend, I- I'm pumped. Who does Syracuse have? <laughs> Who do they have? Notre Dame? Yeah. Oh shit, dude. What are we doing for you that? You didn't know that? What, when, yeah, I, I, dude, I haven't looked at anything. Fuck. Uh, yeah, they do play Notre Dame, huh? Is that on Saturday? Yeah, it should be. I oh, think fuck, it's Saturday dude. at two okay that's perfect because i'm supposed to play golf on saturday morning and if i miss that game i will cry yeah um, saturday april 3rd day before uh day noon before oh i'm gonna miss this fuck why i'm probably I'm gonna golfing, miss it too because i'm coaching in oregon i'm golfing at 9 50 but i guess i could just watch it like on my phone yeah, we're Whatever. we're gonna be streaming it. Yeah. Um. If you know, I know Syracuse is probably the better team right now, but if you think Notre Dame is losing the day before Easter, you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> I have Notre Dame winning, thirteen to twelve. Well, it was just Passover, so Syracuse is just as terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cancels out. Yeah. Um. I think Syracuse is gonna win seventeen ten. Seventeen ten. Yeah. Gee. Give us a little Dude, fucking respect. I mean, after watching, like, the Notre Dame midfield defense against Virginia, just multiply that by 20 when you have to play Syracuse. Like, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, what um, if we slide early and make you feed the ball? Can you guys even ball handle? I think Brendan Curry is the best passing midfielder in the country. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we got a little guy named Owen Hill who has decent hands. That'll be down low. Where is he from again? Peterborough. Oh, I'd love to hear that. That's that's terrifying. And then us. he moved to Manhattan. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, I mean, if again, like every every team goes in, whether it's Cleveland State, whether it's Syracuse, is going to be a closer game than you think. Seventeen ten is not respectful at all. So I'm going to switch mine to a Notre Dame blowout of thirteen to ten. <laughs> Notre Dame wins. That's the Notre Dame blowout. It's right. a three goal margin of victory. I guess I guess Notre Dame lost a heartbreaker to Virginia, so they'll come out firing. But I think Syracuse, honestly, like they're going to come come out firing for sure after the Duke loss, like. I, I think they thought they should have won that game. Um, yeah, it, it's two teams coming out firing. Those narratives cancel each other out. And it's at <laughs> it's at Syracuse, which is – we have a pretty good history of playing in the Dome. So, <laughs> Do you? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you guys lost to me my sophomore year in the Dome. So, Margin of victory-wise, we have a pretty good you know track record in the <laughs> Just Dome. Just because that one Come game on. when you weren't even there. Yeah, fuck yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll ride that cow until, you know, she's dead. So maybe it's Syracuse's so. turn to blow out Notre Dame. Who knows? No, fuck that. All right, well, tell you what, what's what's our wager on it? Are we doing the open bar? I'll do a, I'll do another open bar, yeah. But there's no bars open for me. So, like, what, are you, what, what am I going to do? 
I guess I could um, figure something out. Restaurants are at fifty percent capacity. You could buy dinner for me and my girlfriend. How about that? Yeah, but don't make it an asshole New York expensive dinner. <laughs> yeah, two hundred dollar bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Hey, the the winner gets a uh, gets a date night on the losers tab. That's perfect. Food only, no drinks. How about that? Um, depending on the plate. How about you know what? We'll take this offline. <laughs> if it's a nice spot, it'll be food only. If it's like, you know, one one of our favorite spots is you know not too Arby's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A diet coke and a roast beef and cheddar and then <laughs> diarrhea the rest of the night i love it it's a tradition uh, all right perfect yeah the date night for the loser all right sounds good or an open bar we'll figure it out all right let's yeah. shift gears we talked too much about college we got a long ass episode pll draft we'll start with the woods drafting isaiah davis allen that's your position dude what's your reaction <laughs> Here's your opening yeah, that was, statement. That was, that was fun. That was fun to see that. I was like, <laughs> fuck, yeah, we got the short stick D-Midi covered with Harbison near me. You know, I'm sure we'll pick up a college kid. And then I was like, Isaiah Davis Allen. I was like, fucking hot seat. Hot seat <laughs> if there ever was one. I better get my ass into the gym. Um, but no, like, you know, it, it's it's the same story over and over. Like every year the, the fucking rosters are loaded and every year you have to prove yourself at training camp. Like, you know, I'm on really good terms with our defensive coordinator, coach Collins. Like I don't really know Isaiah Davis Allen that much other than we weren't really friends on the field, but who the fuck is, but we, you know, we were kind of rivals when he was on the Bayhawks and I was on the outlaws. We would talk a bunch of shit to each other. Um, I feel like if you look too far into the rosters, you're never going to really, you know, like justify your own spot. So Anytime, you know, a short stick D-Midi's taken, I'm like, you know, who gives a fuck? I was, I, I'm going to have to battle up anyways. Um, but I would be lying if I didn't see that as a little bit of a surprise, thinking that we had two of the best short sticks yeah. D-Midi's anyways. But, I mean, even know, not know. considering, like, it, it's a small, it was a small draft. Like, you only had three picks. So, no offense, but even not considering you, like, I was surprised that it was a pick. Um and I mean, I bet you the kid doesn't fit in the locker room. So who, who gives a fuck? He's not taking his fuck. <laughs> he's not. He's not the glue guy that yeah. I am. He's not as funny yeah. as I. I. I love like justifying my roster spot immediately by strictly personality, <laughs> nothing to do with the on field. Yeah, he's a better, uh, you know, lacrosse player than me. But fuck, he's not yeah. gonna make the boys laugh. He hasn't posted a meme once, dude. He's fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> the mental gymnastics is always my favorite part of any draft. So. <laughs> Um, couple no, of- I mean, that's, that's the brief thing, you know, I, you know, they're, they're, everything's getting shaken up. And the other thing that people don't realize is, you know, they immediately start talking about like, you know, how is he going to fit in this and that? And it's like, there's still so much time until training camp that, that the rosters are going to look totally fucking different with waivers and with people getting picked up, dropped, traded. Um, you know, you, you, you just can't fucking look into anything too much until about two weeks before training camp or when the trade window closes, it does you no good. Yeah. Well, I'm pulling for you. Who knows? Thanks, I think he's a little overrated, to be honest. Um, he can get pissed at me for saying that, but whatever. It's it's our podcast, yeah. so I'm not commenting on that. He's yeah. my teammate now. That's true. Great teammate. You see that? Look at the glue guy. Always working. <laughs> the glue guy never clocks out. He's always on the clock. Um, oh fuck! A couple other surprises. Who were your big snubs? Yeah. I mean, Dylan Malloy is blackballed. The Malloy, the Malloy line is the just Malloy's, blackballed. The Malloy brothers. The Malloys are blackballed from the PLL, clearly. Um, 
I don't know if like it's a thing because he didn't come over from the MLL or he like he was supposed to come to PLL and then was like I'm not doing it like I just want to do the MLL because it's like easier and less of a commitment. It seemed like that's why he he did the MLL originally, but yeah, like that's ridiculous. He's one of the best. Like he he would be one of the best players in the world. Um, yeah, that that's that's one that I truly didn't understand. Like and and not that he's just our guest, but like to see him and Wasserman go undrafted, I was like, you know, I I totally understand that there's a lot of good attackmen in the league, but are you fucking kidding me? Like as far as their ability to initiate and pass, like they have it all. Yeah. You, you can't pigeonhole them into one reason why you can't play them. You know, they're both pretty good dudes. Like what 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 am I missing here? And I don't want to like talk bad about uh people but i mean i guess you have to to be interesting like ryan mcnamara went to the archers i think both those guys are better than him like that was that was surprising to me like why wouldn't you want dylan malloy over that kid it's that's like mind-boggling to me like dylan malloy won the tour time he's like a fucking one of the best players one of the best attackmen ever he won that award like you have to take that kid instead of someone else so like it yeah, just and like, it blows you know, my mind he, not only did he win the Torton, but he's proved that he's a fucking stud in the pros yeah. too like you yeah. know when he when he was on the lizards and he was playing with you know, like Pinnell and Rabel, Malloy was the first guy at the top of the scout. It'd be like, right. all right, how do we address Malloy? And then also let's go with these guys that are on current PLL rosters. So that, that one was absolutely a head scratcher for me. Um, but quick, you know. quick woke thought, good rich in Morocco. That was rigged draft. <laughs> if, if you're not, if you're not woke enough to know that, 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 that was rigged for them to get picked, then you're not paying attention. I mean, yeah, Cannon's fucking cleaned house. Goodrich, by the way, like, for as much clout as he has as a short stick defensive many, he's earned every piece of it. Like, the, the kid's a fucking stud. Morocco's a stud. They got Lyle Thompson, too. Like, hmm. You know what? Credit to Evan for saying the woke points. I'm not going to agree nor disagree. I'm just saying. But I, th- I have a conspiracy theory going. Makes you think. The Malloys are blackballed. They rigged the draft so Goodrich and Morocco would go to the Cannons. I, I don't see another way how that plays out. So... Stay woke. That's my theory. Yeah. Keep your keep your nose to the grindstone. Keep your ear to the ground. Keep your head on a swivel. Those are those are the big three. Um, also, we we actually get into it in uh, in the pod a little bit. I uh, or in the interview with Bryce, I didn't know that you were pegged to be the starter of the can or uh, of the machine. Like yeah. what the fuck? And for you to not meet the credentials of the PLL player pool, that truly doesn't make sense. I mean, it makes sense on the sense that you know you're blackballed, but you know, what was, uh, what did they actually tell you when they didn't let you in? So I filled out the form and I waited like a week and I didn't hear back. So then I reached out. I got the email address from some people who were trying to help me. Thank you for everybody who reached out to help me get in the player pool. I appreciate it. Um, I reached out. I won't name names of who I reached out to because it's not fair. They're probably just following orders. But they said that I didn't meet the criteria because I wasn't a veteran professional athlete. But like my response was, with all due respect, I'm looking at the goalies and to say that I don't re- meet the criteria is a bit perplexing because I'm looking at the goalies and I'm not saying that I'm good or would be picked up or would ever be drafted. But like I should be in the player pool looking at the guys like it just it just didn't make sense to me. So they said it's because I wasn't really a pro, even though I was on the machine, pegged to be on the machine. They took a list from the MLL of like all the existing guys and. That that was the end of it. So they didn't even answer my email when I when I said that. Mm. I, I didn't hear back. So I guess I'm blackballed. But yeah, my career was cut short, like unfairly. Honestly, it's the PLL's fault. They they drained the uh, MLL, and then I was screwed. 
Hashtag free Malloy. We'll get that trending like right before the first game. Anytime there's a bad goalie, you know, anytime there's a PLL game where someone, you know, some goalie's getting shelled, regardless of if it's his fault or not, um, better believe that we're going to use that to cloud up Malloy to get him into the player pool. Um, so it's an ongoing battle. We'll uh, we'll get to the bottom of it. All if Ro- if Ronnie Fernando out. gets picked up and I don't, there's it's a conspiracy. Then we riot. That's <laughs> that's when we actually riot and take to the streets. So, uh, but either way, oh, final point is actually it was released a um, couple couple hours ago. This this doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Speaking of that, um, Brent Adams was just traded to the Atlas for a fourth round pick next year. I mean, I know I'm biased because he's one of my good buddies. We started business together. We're teammates. He continues to be one of the most underrated players in the world. And the fact that the number 50 player voted on by the players, number 50 in the world, right? That's more than, you know, there are roster spots is getting (laughs) traded for a fourth round pick next year. Just goes to show how fucking bananas this whole thing is looking at the Rabel trade, looking at the Ryan Brown trade and looking at the Brent Adams trade. I must be living in a different time zone in a different fucking planet, but uh, none of that makes sense to me. None of it. Not one, not one thing makes sense about trading Brent for a fourth round, trading Ryan Brown for a second round and Rabel gets four, you know, how, however many picks, whatever it was, makes no fucking sense. Dude. Uh, you know, that's your coach. Your coach made the trade. He's going to make the decision to keep you on the team or not. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so Whatever. probably not the best thing but we'll just say that that was on the script and i wrote it so i appreciate you for uh reading that but that's not your actual take um but yeah i mean i think it's ridiculous that they uh the value just doesn't make sense to me and i don't know if it's this doesn't like i can't even say that it's because coaches are in like a win now mode because if a coach was in a win now mode it'd be like the reverse right and they'd trade like a ton of picks for brent adams it's just like an undervalued player. I'm not sure like even what to like unpack here or what the thought process was. I think Nat is a, a good coach and he hasn't made like poor moves in the past in my opinion, but this just, I mean, I don't know. I don't well, know. No, I mean, Nat, it, 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 he was traded from the cannons to the, Oh, yeah. he was on the cannons. Yeah. Uh, no, like Nat, Nat just didn't protect him, which uh, you know, I, I can see either way with like, you know, the attack and you know, all of our, I can see that, you know, I, I can justify it. I don't necessarily think I would agree. But I forgot again, he got picked up by the Cannons. coming into play, but to pick someone off the waivers and trade them for a future fourth round pick—that's that's the part that doesn't make sense to me at all. Yeah, that makes no sense. I thought so, it was Nat, so I was trying to defend you. Yeah, um, no, you're good, I, and I appreciate that. I was just—I just wanted to hear you say it before I corrected you. So thank you for that. Yeah. Well, anyway, stupid fucking trade. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's late we're tired we're still a little hungover dude i thought he was better. still in the woods whatever no, well good nat see nat hasn't made any mistakes the woods are the woods are a wagon yeah we're um, still clean i got your back coach um <laughs> but no i think uh i think that's it for the intro um let's kick it over to bryce wasserman as always our interviews on the post game are brought to you by sideline swap again that sideline swap we partnered with them actually I will be posting some stuff. I have three Redwoods helmets and a signed Eddie Glazner long stick going up on sideline swap within the next couple days. I don't know really how it works. Um, so I will let Evan take over the details, but our good friends at sideline swap have been great partners with us. We really appreciate them partnering with us to, to raise money for charity. 
if you couldn't have guessed by now, you're probably not a friend of the pod, but all the proceeds from the things that I'm going to be putting up are going to Owls Lacrosse. What a phenomenal organization. Brent Adams and I and Kyle Harrison have been partnering with them for quite a while, hopping on a monthly Zoom call to be mentors. We're hoping to get there this summer. Big fan of Owls Lacrosse. And also don't forget Red Truck Beef Jerky. Again, that's Red Truck Beef Jerky. Go to redtruckbeefjerky.com. Use promo code postgame15 for 15% off your order. And actually, before we go over to the interview, Evan, can you give us some details on Sideline Swap or should we just uh, keep them updated on Twitter? Yeah, it'll be a charity auction. So Nick will post his stuff up uh, on the locker this week. Not sure exactly what day, but we'll um, post on uh, Twitter and Instagram when it goes up. But like you said, all proceeds will go to Owls Lacrosse. Um, you know, you guys can bid on bid on all the gear. Whoever's the highest bidder, it'll go to uh, after a certain amount of time. Not positive what the amount of time is, but um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So if you're if you're in the market for a Redwoods helmet or in the market for Eddie Glazer's autograph, and you're the one percent of the world, uh, <laughs> then you can uh, bid on that stuff and and uh, you know donate to a great cause. So. That's all yeah, the and if you're a broke ass, send the link to your rich friends. All right, <laughs> Bryce, send it to your girlfriend's, you know, dad. Get, get the Titans <laughs> in on it. You want yeah. some good clout? There's some good fucking clout right there. I, I so, don't know who's gonna bid on the uh, Eddie Glazner stick, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, no, pr- probably not. Eddie's shitting on us in the group chat, anyways, so <laughs> he can go fuck himself. All right, the post game would like to welcome a very special guest unbelievably good guy allegedly uh grew up in texas played at monmouth was the reigning mvp and recently went undrafted in the pll which i'm sure you'll hear a lot about upcoming welcome to the post game bryce wasserman how you doing man i'm great thank you guys for having me absolutely we were catching uh we were catching up just before this um and just so that everybody knows bryce is on the whiskey train i'm on the tequila train evan is on the beer train so i'm pretty fired up for this podcast it's been a long monday i had a bachelor party this weekend so i'm firing at about 30 percent capacity bryce how was the weekend and give us a little bit about how your day's been so far yeah it was a good weekend um been in Wellington, Florida, actually, not in Miami. Oh, there goes my computer. Let me turn this Jesus, off. to a shitty start. Yeah, how about a little, you know, decent? What kind of fucking <laughs> guest are you? Uh, this is why you didn't go well- drafted, because you don't know how to work yeah. with the media. Yeah, they know I, I'm not a clout guy. You know, <laughs> shit. I blew it already. First 30 seconds. But uh, I've been in Wellington, Florida, right next to Palm Beach. So kind of like. Not quiet, but a little bit more quiet than Miami, obviously. So I've been hanging out there. My girlfriend has a place there. She's Sick a brag. professional, you know, like the, the horse riding stuff. Two humble brags in one sentence. Um, so I've been there drinking wine, hanging by the pool. Just got back to Miami today. So it's been a great day. Went to Moxie's, had some poutine, actually. Uh, they've got poutine down at, here in Miami. I had no fucking idea. Saw so on the menu, ordered it. And yeah, started on the whiskey trade and now I'm here. So I'm doing great. That is, that is a fantastic day. Was the poutine any good? And have you had it in Canada before? I've never had the Canadian version. I've had the Tim Hortons version in Buffalo, if you count that. I don't. Um, I don't know if I would. Yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't count it either. But the Miami version, it was literally just French fries with gravy. And they put cheese curds on top of it, which is interesting. But I like Yeah, it. that's poutine. <laughs> yeah, but it was the miami it was like the thing cut french fry you know oh like it yeah was, yeah it was, it was like shitty i i feel like was, yeah it wasn't, the thick, it wasn't the thick cut you know what i'm saying but it was like the fit it was like they took normal fries and just put poutine on top of it. got it 
Dude, you mentioned, uh, this, I'm going off script, but you mentioned your girlfriend. She, her family owns the Titans, right? That is correct. So what's the coolest thing you've done through that? Besides, I mean, I'm sure you went to the games, you're on the sidelines for everything, but what was the best like experience you had doing that? I mean, not even on the sidelines. It's been an awesome experience. Um, I mean, we hit it off before I was going to any games or anything like that. Um, but this year with COVID, you had to take like three COVID tests to even get near a player. You know, so we didn't do the sidelines. We didn't do anything like that. It was just to the games and back, which is awesome. I mean, I've been to two NFL games my whole life before this year, and I think it went to like like eight yeah not so bad this, is your girlfriend's uh, family hiring i actually played football at notre dame and had one tackle. <laughs> um, you know i don't know if yeah. i can tackle derrick henry but i think the odds are in my favor because he didn't well, be on your team you'll you'll be the re- you'll be the reverse chris hogan right like he leaves the nfl to come to the NFL, you leave the field and then go NFL. undrafted in the nfl i fucking love it <laughs> Um, well, I, you know, actually let's, let's get back on the script before we talk poutine and football and all that shit. Um, we'll start off. So you grew up in Texas, which has been in a lacrosse sense called Colorado's little brother. Do you care to comment on that or, uh, you know, have any thoughts? Care to comment? I have really no comment on the lacrosse side. Cause I know that it's kind of true. Texas kids don't really pan out. Right. So I, I have no comment on it. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of beat the, They've kind of taken a turn. Like my little brother is great. Nikai Montgomery, Kate Sawstad. There's a ton of kids who are all American status that have come from Dallas. So I think we're finally turning the corner, but I think we're like a few years behind Colorado. So I will give well, you that. Well, to, to, to riff off of that, there was a very similar problem where kids would commit to good programs last a semester, drop out and transfer. Um, so I don't know if that was the same thing in Texas where they were sick in Texas and then got there and got their teeth kicked in. But I don't know. Was that, was that like the sentiment in Texas? Yeah, it's the same thing, right? Like you're dope in Texas. Everyone's loved you since you were 12 years old and everyone's told you you're the best player ever. And then you get to college and you're on the bottom of the depth chart. And that's a real shitty place to be as a young kid. And then you look on, and then on top of that, you look on Snapchat and all your friends are at Texas A&M, Texas State, TCU, SMU, <laughs> Alabama, and having the craziest yeah. time ever. And you're, you're like, it's cold as shit. Fuck this. Like I'm leaving, you know, and then they go back to one of those big texas schools well evan there was that same problem in long island right <laughs> yeah no long island guys ever pan out bryce i have a question for you what's the best texas high school lacrosse highlight tape you've ever seen sam romano yeah i knew that's what it was yeah, that's my boy i set you up for that wanted to give a shout out great highlight tape if anyone hasn't seen it but yeah that's not he's not a bad example like he was supposed to be like the second coming and you know didn't really pan out but great guy and unreal highlights. Well, did you, I, uh, where did you so go I was, to? I was reading uh, okay. like some brief write up where you said you went to top two hundred five and got your teeth kicked in. That's that's literally exactly what happened to me uh, when I was like a sophomore. Uh, could you walk us through that top two hundred five horrible experience? And was yours at UMBC? Which how you can play a tournament at UMBC and then commit to it? I, I will never understand. But walk me through that that camp. Yeah, so I wasn't even at UMBC. We got downgraded even further than UMBC to Goucher College. Oh, let's go. <laughs> so it was already terrible from the start. You check into the dorms. I literally don't even think they had AC in the Baltimore summer. Like, it was horrible. And I just, like, I sucked, dude. <laughs> I think that was what? That was freshman year going into sophomore year. I couldn't even hold my stick in my left hand. Like, if you think about it, I picked up a stick for the first time in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And that was three years later 
and I'm going against all the Evan Malloys in the world who were born with a stick from Long Island. They came down. <laughs> yeah, the- I love this interview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a dick on some poor Texas kid. I was so bad. Like just turn the ball over left and right like it was literally one of the worst lacrosse experiences of my entire life and even then i was like i think i was like five eight maybe 130 pounds mm-hmm. like dude it was a deep kick then is an understatement like i was easily the worst player at that time <laughs> i already know all the long island kids were talking so much shit about you behind your back too <laughs> so much shit and i even to my face and i was just like sheltered tech kids in texas lacrosse don't talk shit ever let alone high school whatever level you are like I was so sheltered, like a down-home Texas kid, dude, and all these kids were just down my face, like, you suck, you fucking horrible, like, all this shit. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I do not belong here. So I, I had, like, this the same thing, and especially, like, with, with Colorado, you know, I graduated in 11, and, like, you know, I was going through this recruiting shit in 09, so there, there really hadn't been that many players. And every time, like, the, the game was over before it started as far as, like, our club. If we were playing the Crabs, we're like, oh, fuck. Like, I hear that kid's going to Maryland. I hear that kid's going to Virginia. Like, we don't stand a fucking chance. <laughs> did you have that same sentiment? Or did you? was there at least, like, a shred of a chip on your shoulder where you're like, I can compete athletically? Dude, I didn't even fucking know. <laughs> 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 I, I didn't even like if you like if you walked on the side of the lane, it's like oh that kid's going to, that's this kid that I'm pretty sure like Shaq Stamick was there I really don't even know who else was there dude but like people like, go oh that's this and I had never heard of them like it's not even like I couldn't, I couldn't I couldn't even pretend like I was on their level because I had never even heard their names I was so far like below that level that's incredible actually I, I think this would be good insight Evan when you're going when you're going like against like a team from texas or colorado or like i feel you know like maybe the denver team maybe the dallas team maybe the san diego team could compete but did you were you playing against other teams outside of like maryland pennsylvania like these guys are gonna fucking blow this is a tune-up game yeah like we would (laughs) i'm trying to think of the tournament like we would definitely get like a like a random state team and just be like all right we're gonna fucking roll these guys like have a great time like hopefully there's some coaches there so we could all look good but yeah that definitely happened there's only like the Crabs, Tri-State, and, like, Edge Canada were, like, the only teams we, like, really paid attention to. But, yeah, we'd play, like, Kent Denver, and there'd be, like, two good kids, but we'd just blow the fucking doors off them. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> All right. Evan can't even name a Dallas. He can't even name a Dallas club. I literally team. was going to ask you if there were club teams back then, because I can't tell you one. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there was a sick kid from Woodland Park, and he was a deaf player, and he was the best player on the field. And we had like special signs for him. I don't know if he was like a Texas legend, but he was like one of the best players I had ever seen. And he was deaf. And I, I was like blown away at how good he was. You're talking Campbell Sodi. He went to Rutgers. Yeah. I mean, of, of course, that, that narrows it down to deaf player from Texas who's nasty. <laughs> yeah. I, it, that's the only one that I can think of. It, Woodland, you're so far off. The Woodlands, Woodland, whatever you just said, isn't even a city. The Woodlands is a city in Houston that he is not from. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. So, I know who you're talking about, but you the, descri- the description leading up to it besides death was just him. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Well, you know what? I Credit to me for remembering that he was from Texas in the first place. Yeah, that's true. Well, and as our first recruit or first recruit, first guest who went through the recruiting process in Texas, did you play any other sports? Were you a football guy? Was, was it like guy. varsity blues? Because I have this whole idea in my head that you got away with whatever. So I'd say it's like a combination of varsity blues and like Friday Night Lights. And I'd say it leans 
more towards Friday Night Lights because it's more like hard out. I feel like Varsity Blues is kind of like more fun. Mm-hmm. Your teachers yeah. club, like I feel like that was the more fun side that didn't exist in Texas football. <laughs> it was all like Friday Night Lights, dude. Like you had all these people watching your practices who didn't have kids on the team. Like they were just there because they just bled Texas high school football. Yeah. I'm dead ass. I'm dead ass serious. Like these dads of like third graders would walk into the school on Fridays. Like Fridays was an open door at the school. It was, that was the football <laughs> game. It was, an, it was an open door at the school. Anyone could come in, dude. And I played, I played quarterback for a little bit before I got benched. Uh, I said, <laughs> I played quarterback my junior year and like three games my senior year. And then I got benched for a freshman, but dude, like dads would walk in and they'd be like, I, I would like throw a pick in the game before and they'd be like, now Bryce, like, are you fucking sure you can read a cover three tonight? Like it, <laughs> we, we all saw they were in cover three. Why would you throw a deep post when they're in cover? I'm like, I thought I looked off no the safety. shit. <laughs> I'm really sorry. And, and there were, there were good parts too. I mean, like the parts where like the cheerleaders put things of cookies and like rice crispy statues of yourself in your locker. Like what they were the cool. Fuck, that's sick. There, there were cool things. I mean, like I had cameras in my face when I was, Literally, when my parents were driving me to school, I was 15 years old, and like I'm getting dropped off at school, and then there's like WF WFAA. You guys. Oh yeah, of course, it. yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. It's the local news station. <laughs> in Cameras there. in my face. I, I don't know why I said that. I thought you would know, but like, I mean, literally at 15 years old, you got all those cameras and shit, and like the Dallas Morning News coming into your school, and it's like, why? That kind of sounds you know? sick. Where uh, where did you play yeah. in college? <laughs> I played did you have any looks? Did I get any looks? Um, I had a lot of D3 teams that wanted me to play both. I never got any football-specific looks. Well, yeah, Evan, uh, he got benched. No wonder you, into yeah, well, I was just yeah. about to say, no wonder you got benched. Well, he's played his whole junior year. You get looks in your junior year, right? Like, you got to yeah, talk to people there. After that junior year, and that was – and those all those D3 schools wanted me for lacrosse. And they go, like, oh, yeah, if you still want to play football. I was like, no, I don't fucking want to play football. <laughs> I have dads talking have, shit to me before yeah. algebra. I'm not playing football <laughs> in college. All, all these like grown ass men like talking shit and I mean, dude, even like I mean it was cool. Like after games, literally people would be like, "Hey, can you throw my kid a touchdown pass?" And you throw him a pass and they go, like, oh, "Thanks." And they dap you up with like a twenty dollar bill. And I'm literally stuffing like money into my football pants. Right? Like That's it, it's sick. Funny. Oh my god, I love that. No, it, it's everything you've seen in Friday Night Lights, like, and then probably some more. Mm. That just that just. Did you date the coach's daughter? I did not date the coach's daughter. Oh shit! All right, well, we'll we'll we are a lacrosse podcast, kind of. So we'll try to <laughs> right, right. We'll try to get off that train. Um. So so talk a little bit about your recruiting process for lacrosse, because I I have to imagine you were a late bloomer. Um, and did Brian Fisher lead your recruiting to Monmouth? Yeah. So, I mean, to back up to the front of the question, I was an incredibly late bloomer. I don't even think I had bloomed at that point by the time I was getting recruiting calls and I was late in terms of like recruiting. I mean, that was back before the rules, right? So like my grade was like Shaq Stanwick, Joel Tinney, all those guys, they were committed in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was still here my junior year uncommitted just now fielding calls from college coaches. And like it was Monmouth, Furman, and Towson were my three offers. Um, so I was a very late bloomer. 
In terms of Monmouth, um, Coach Fish did lead all of my recruiting. Mm. I know he, he's a big Notre Dame guy. He literally would still the um, the Final Four watch that y'all would get, <laughs> the Notre Dame Final Four watch. He would wear that when he was coaching. <laughs> <Boston>. <laughs> what it a legend! So it was so funny, dude. It's, I love Coach Fish. He was literally like a second dad to me at Monmouth, but. It, He's always been a great dude, but I did hear that he was like the fun coach at Notre Dame. He was not the fun coach at Monmouth. He was like the head coach, so he couldn't let loose a little bit. But I heard he was like the the recruiting host. At oh, Notre he Dame he for he was- sure was ever like all, all the guys would. Uh, I mean, I don't even know if I want to say this because I know he's now the, yeah. you know, the head coach. But everybody <laughs> would call him Fish Tits. Um, and it was like the, the funniest joke and he would like, you know, be dapping us up. And when Corrigan and burn would just be motherfucking us, like we'd go over to Fisher and he was the face-off coach. And I was, you know, the worst face-off guy in the country as, as a freshman, but he would always be like, Nick, you know, I love what you're doing. Like, you know, keep up the good work. And I'm like, you're full of shit. I'm blowing it. But he was absolutely the player's coach and we all went to him. And, and then you're telling me now he was, uh, you know, he was kind of the hardo uh, head coach. I feel like you have to step yeah, into I, that role, though. Yeah, so he, yeah. I think he had, I think his his player coach's side comes out a lot, but then I think in his brain he tells himself he's like, no, be like Corrigan, be like Corrigan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, shrinks like, shrinks five inches. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of good. There, there really is a lot of good. Like I love my four, I love my four years at Mama so much. I stayed a fifth year, didn't even play, just stayed, just hung out there. <laughs> what, uh, what year did you actually like hit puberty and come into your own in college? Uh, I played pretty well my freshman year, so I guess I was 18 at that point, like starting to get facial hair. Um, <laughs> You still don't have any. I'm looking yeah, at I was going to say, yeah, it yeah. doesn't look like you could grow it at all. Not that I'm one to talk about hair, but Jesus. <laughs> it takes like two weeks at this point. But no, I, I like started growing facial hair my freshman year. And then I really wouldn't be say I came like a grown like adult until my senior year of college, probably. And what defines grown adult in your eyes? I Like I, I, I have pecs. Like, I wasn't. <laughs> like you have pecs. <laughs> I had I had chest hair and I had pecs that actually came out from my body. Like, <laughs> like until until then, it was literally just like Adam's apple, just like and then down bun. to my belly. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck, that's hilarious. Well, let's dive into the uh, the Monmouth. I, I feel like there were some up years and some down years. Um, you know, let's let's stick with the the positive for now. Was there like a, a, your favorite season? And within that season, do you have a favorite victory that stands out above all the rest uh, in your four years? So an interesting question. I mean, so like we had a lot of ups and down years because we were a brand new team. Mm-hmm. I showed up to Monmouth year two of the program. Yeah. Year one was the year before I got there. And so we had 33 kids in the class above me my entire four years none like oh, they shit. didn't quit yeah it was it was awesome having those guys but we just like grew as a team as they grew up right like they went 0 and 13 their first year and i think the first awesome win was our first win we went two ruckers in their football stadium and beat mm. them oh i didn't yeah. just beat ruckers not that nardella long, nardella left that out that. <laughs> suck it nardella <laughs> yeah so I mean that that's a win I'll remember forever was going into that Rutgers football stadium and li- like literally our first win as a team in year two. Like they went 0 and 13. <laughs> yeah, that's and then, crazy. 
And then game game one of year two, my first game, we lose to UMBC four to two. Like we're playing fucking baseball. Oh god. <laughs> As a Notre Dame and, guy, and, I resonate and, with that. But what the fuck, man? Right, and then and then we go to Rutgers and get that win. So I think that that's one that I'll remember forever. And then the year that I'll remember forever is obviously my junior season, which was the senior season of that first class. We had thirty three seniors. Like you can't lose a game with thirty three guys who have been through this. Like literally went from zero and thirteen, all stayed together, all did all this shit, and like we get to that senior year, and it was like there's. And we were mid-major lax, okay? We weren't lining up against Cuse or Notre Dame. We were going against Manhattan and Canisius and ah, Maris. Ah, oh. un- wow. Unbelievable. Right. 0 for 2. <laughs> I, I blew it again. I blew it again. What kind, what what kind of dog do you have? Uh, Jojo is – what? he's a schnoodle. He's a schnoodle oh, little guy. Oh, God. It didn't sound like a German shepherd, but I was hoping. <laughs> right, yeah. It's not mine. It's not mine. It's my roommate. <laughs> right. little, Just little launches his roommate under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but you were talking about uh, Manhattan and Canisius as your tough company. Yeah. yeah. Wait, did you guys go undefeated? In the conference, yeah. I think we went like 14-2 and two that year. What conference? The Mac, dude. The Mac. <laughs> you don't know about Mac action? Yeah, we know about Mac action. Which brings me <laughs> to my point. Just the lack of mid-major lax coverage on this podcast fucking just it gets me heated to my core. All you guys want to talk about is Cuse and Notre Dame and all these ACC teams do sour Brendan O'Neill. If your Saturday doesn't look like Monmouth versus Manhattan, Utah versus Bellarmine, and Towson versus Drexel, I can't talk to you. I can't talk to my college lag. All right, so let me let me post. Well, good thing you're not on the podcast because that's how right, fucking awful. Awesome. <laughs> I don't even know how to right. respond to that. Yes, we're biased. Yeah. If you had to run it back and you had Notre Dame, Syracuse, and Monmouth as you're a senior in high school, which would you go to? I think that's unfair, right? I, it, it's an unfair question because if I could have my same experience at Notre Dame or at Cuse, start all four years, have a great group of guys, love each other, no one gives a shit if they have playing time or not, drink five nights a week. Like, if I could have had that same experience, then yeah, I would probably yeah, upgrade well, my degree. Yeah, well, you know, I, well, what I was looking for was just Monmouth blind loyalty. This is a blind loyalty podcast, and I'm disappointed <laughs> in that answer. The reason why we're all sucking the ACC's dick every season and every podcast is because we have that blind loyalty. So I'm a little disappointed in that answer, to be fair. <laughs> I, I, failed, I failed that test, that, and that's okay. You know? And that's the thing, because you can't – you can't meet that criteria. I know Notre Dame and Cuse can't meet that criteria, so I would go to Monmouth again for another five years. Yeah. Dude, you have no faith in yourself to break the lineup at Notre Dame and Cuse? I'm from Texas. <laughs> Where's the confidence? <laughs> Brandon Mullen started all four years. Let me just let me just piggyback <laughs> off of that. If you're if one of the criteria is drinking five nights a week, you would have fit right in. So don't just think yeah. that because we kick everybody's dicks in in lacrosse and we're the greatest conference in the history means that we're taking any days off on the off season. So come on now. That's Only we were, we were at bars and Nick was in his dorm room with two of his buddies. <laughs> yeah. Syracuse had I, I, bars. I mean, Notre Dame had dudes hanging out in dorm rooms drinking you know, <laughs> potato, tomato. It, it still counts. <laughs> Count it. So was actually, the, uh, go ahead. Oh. Thanks, Nick. Really appreciate <laughs> it. Um, 
So Monmouth is obviously in New Jersey. I'm assuming that's where a majority of their recruiting was done. Had to be some characters there. Who was the biggest character in your locker room? So just to clarify, Monmouth wasn't just Jersey. We were Jersey Shore. I know. Yikes. <laughs> We're, we're talking Jersey Shore, we're talking Belmar, we're talking DJs, we're talking Parker House, Asbury Park, the whole thing. Like that, I don't that's know any we of were. those. You would go out there? I was going to ask. Every weekend. No way. Yes. That's fucking sick. Yeah, dude, that was our – <laughs> Nick, Nick's a – he's a, he's a west of the Mississippi guy. I'm a transplant. What are the, yeah, what are those things that you just to. said? Parker House is like a top five bar, but like – the setup is insane. I can't even like really get into it on this podcast. What, what's better, have, that like, or Secrets in Baltimore? They're very different. Like the Parker you House is water, great. You want to in water I haven't not? been to either yeah. one, so I just speculate on what well, I see it, a bunch of assholes post. I think you, you would have a better time at Parker House and Secrets because Secrets yeah. is a lot of like douchebags. Yeah. But like Parker House, everyone like plays. That's very the nice if you're <laughs> inferring that I'm not a douchebag. So that's maybe yeah, the nicest okay, thing you've yeah. ever said. Yeah, we'll go that way. Yeah. <laughs> DJs, on the other hand, yeah. is pretty much the same crowd as Secrets. <laughs> New Jersey, but uh, but yeah, dude, like those were our college bars. Like literally five minutes in an Uber, ten minutes in an Uber. Um, in terms would people, of, in ter- would people what? be there? Would people be there? Yeah. Like in the season? I mean, you had, you had all the people who just lived there permanently, and then you had the Mammoth crowd, and there were a few other colleges around there. I don't, I don't know. FDU, I think, was one of the acronyms. I don't even know. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I mean, again, like, some of the teammates, like, speaking of Coach Fish, like, Coach Fish loved his public school guys. He was a Philly public school mm. dude. When, when it came to recruiting dudes, it was all the Philly public schools, all the Jersey public schools, Long Island kids. Like, Manhattan is a public school. <laughs> yeah, we, had, we, had couple, we had a couple St. Anthony's guys. A lot of Smithtown, whatever the one Pinnell went to, I don't even know, but um, Smithtown, whatever. West. Uh, and so we had we had a lot of a lot of those public school grimy like tri-state kids. And you put <laughs> all those dudes in one locker room and shit shit got pretty wild. At the bottom. <laughs> Sounds like a greasy <laughs> locker room right there. Holy Dude, shit! <laughs> under-recruited public school kids who like just ended up at this random ass school monmouth on the jersey shore dude like it was <laughs> it was quite the locker room dude, this is the best pitch i've ever heard for monmouth knowing not much about yeah. it right now it's jersey shore public school rats i mean are you fucking kidding me that sounds like a, a tv show and a drama right on right off the bat <laughs> Yeah, dude, I mean, and even when I tell kids, it's like kids will like ask me like, oh, what do you think of Monmouth? Like, what are the, and people ask me, what are the girls like? Like the clientele at Monmouth is the kids who are too rich for Rutgers, but not smart enough for Princeton. <laughs> <laughs> and like, that's the crew I want to hang out with. That you is know? the perfect Venn diagram. <laughs> Holy shit. What a pitch. I, yeah. fuck, nobody listens to us. going to be that- stealing recruits. <laughs> Whenever I drive down the shore, I always see Mammoth. I'm like, wow, it would be pretty fucking sick to go there if it's right there. Yeah. So I didn't think that you guys would go out there, but that's awesome. Was there anybody that stuck out specifically as like the, the best weapon off the field that you would want to hit the bars with no matter what? This kid, Dylan Schulte, who neither of you have heard of. He's a South Jersey. I think his family's <laughs> their home base is LBI, live in LBI year round. And if anyone that listens to this podcast knows Dylan Schulte, they will know who that kid is. <laughs> he's, a, 
Like, imagine if Captain Jack Sparrow came to life and he played college lacrosse. That's who he is. <laughs> oh, fuck. Give me, uh, what's your best Schulte, What's your best Schulte story without selling him down the river? Dude, I, I literally can't <laughs> talk about him without just, like, incriminating him. <laughs> Shit. Well, uh, right, tell us. last question is, so you're five minutes from the Jersey Shore. Was that, like... If you're going out, I'm assuming it has to be like everybody's going there, or was like the lax house a thing, or fraternities a thing? Like, what was like the general party scene? So it's funny. There, there were like different bars because what you called it was the off season, right? It's the off season, the Jersey Shore. It's not the summer, so it's kind of like the off season. And then the off season, different places kind of own different nights of the week. So like Thursday was Stingers, which is right there at Monmouth. Literally only open on Thursdays. Dollar beers, just this <laughs> cool, just lights out, blackout, just shit fest. And so that that was Thursday. What a business model. <laughs> yeah, we're only open on <laughs> Thursday. Yeah, dollar beers. It's a premier ticket, right? Like you, you got one night to give and take advantage <laughs> of this. Um, and then Friday night was this place called Porta, which is in Asbury Park, which isn't. It's a Jersey Shore town, but it's not really a summer town. Yeah, fake shore. But it's like strobe lights. Like if you have epilepsy, you can't go there. <laughs> Levels every night. Oh, Nick, my so I know God. Every Are you night. kidding me? <laughs> Paradise. And That's then, heaven on earth. Yeah, and then, and then Saturday was either one of like the shore, shore bars, like DJs or Parker House. But like in the deep winter, they weren't open. So usually like in the deep winter – it was house parties and we were kind of a pseudo fraternity because at Monmouth there were like there were like 11 or 10 or 11 sororities and like three frats that's so a there were like a lot, of, a lot of girls and girls <laughs> that weren't and we were kind of because there were like what like 50 to 70 girls in the sorority that's not enough for the football team it's too much for the baseball team or any of those other teams so we were like the perfect fit. So we would literally we would throw like mixers. It would be like lacrosse and ZTA or lacrosse and DeFi. Like it, like we throw, we acted like a pseudo fraternity. What and, the uh, fuck? So For anyone who is thinking about going to Monmouth, Syracuse also does that. So <laughs> Notre, Notre Dame, we'll, we'll we'll catch up after this. I I don't know how to compete with that shit. That sounds phenomenal. Dude, it really, it, like I I said it already. I had so much fun in my four years. I stayed a fifth year just because I wanted to. Like, is, is that actually true? I couldn't tell if you were joking or not. Like, yeah. what's, what's the no, fifth dead year? Ass theory. I graduated in four years, and I got into Miami Law School. Sick brag. And then my coach and the athletic director were like, yeah, you got a, enough credits. You could finish a master's in a year. I was like, well, I'm done with eligibility. And they're like, oh. And this is when I was drafted to Denver. I was like, besides Chris Hogan, kind of, and Miles Austin, like I was like the – second or third second and a half pro athlete from monmouth so like yeah if you just coach and like come to all the events and shake some hands we'll pay for your whole masters i was like fuck yes Holy sign shit. me up another that's year awesome. sure like yeah so i i that's not a joke i literally stayed that 50 <laughs> because it was so fun what's more fun miami or monmouth <sighs> it's different fun <laughs> Is there, you knew everyone at Monmouth. Dude, you're lying through your fucking teeth if you're saying I, I Monmouth. I am lying through my teeth, right? Like, <laughs> but, but you know what? When, I, when I'm when i in a line at 11, like 30 minutes deep at 2 in the morning, just like trying to get into this gross-ass place, and I sit there and have an epiphany, I'm like, I wish I was back at Monmouth. But that's, <laughs> that's the only fair. time I wish I was back at Monmouth. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, so so just if I put the Notre Dame team that I was a part of for four years in this situation, we're not only kicked off campus, kicked off of everything and in the most trouble, but we're probably in jail every single weekend. What was the most trouble your team ever got? And if you can just go to the shore and, you know, have these mixers and just be public school degenerates. Yeah, I think we had a few run-ins with the law, if you want to put it that way. Um, the biggest one in terms of the whole team was when I was a fifth year. And I was a fucking coach and I was at this party. <laughs> <laughs> the, cop, the cops fucking rolled this shit with... I'm not even lying. Like, you know, the Mercedes party buses. Yeah. The police version of that, just to just put <laughs> kids that, in it, just filing, get in the thing. That was when I was a coach. I was like, there were ID and kids. I was like, I'm 20 fucking three. I'm getting out of here. You guys don't know me. And I left. That was probably the most trouble we got in as a whole team. When I was there, in terms of the most trouble we got in, one of our team captains, my junior year, like our best year that we had the team, the team captain, fell out of a window a oh. second floor window like not not even an open window it was closed smashed the glass with his hand fell through it fell out the second window oh. almost he, he cut his hand from like his knuckles pretty much down to his wrist oh. almost like hand Jesus. she and so the whole team got in trouble because <laughs> i'm sure fisher was like hey what the fuck are we doing here yeah he was like he's like are you guys you guys are serious or are you kidding? And we were like, no, coach, like, exactly. <laughs> like we're trying to find that balance coach. We're, we're struggling yeah. with it. Okay. And when, Do when, you when, think it's funny? <laughs> when, when, coach, when coach fish gets pissed, he saves it until the end of practice. So when we, like we fucked up before and we've run for it and every single time, including this one, we fuck up and we tell him like, that was the thing. It was like, if you fuck up, just tell me I'll do my best to handle it really well. Coach fucking Ty's hand almost fell off his body and we we get into and a bunch of people got cited a few guys went to the hospital with alcohol poisoning it was it was a great night mm, but uh <laughs> was this at the lax so house anyway, i'm assuming yeah yeah, yeah. classic this, um, so, so classic. we so we get to practice and like i said coach fish does not tell you that he's mad at you or that he knows or that we're getting punished until the end of practice and it's always on monday so we're doing our Monday practice. Everything's going good. We have a great practice. And we finished. He was get on the fucking line. And we start running suicides. I'm not probably 20 lacrosse field suicides, like restraining bag, midfield, whatever. Dudes oh. are yakking everywhere. And with Coach Fish, too, he does have some mercy. Because when he sees that everyone's tired, he'll either yell at us or give us something else to do. So, like, he'll be like, okay, you guys are fucking dead throwing up. And he'll be like, okay, everyone get together as a team and – you fucking give me a statement right now about why I shouldn't keep fucking running you or shit like that. Yeah. Like that's a good back and we keep running. And then um, but this time he goes, All right, like and you can see it in his eyes. He feels bad, but he has to punish us. And in his brain, he goes, Oh, this is better than suicides. He goes, Give me a hundred fucking burpees right now. Oh, oh. Fuck. And he's like, Everyone do it together, count as a team. We get to like 12 <laughs> and dudes are, dudes are throwing up our goalies can't stand up and he's like <laughs> and so he i see we see it in his eyes he's like a hundred's way too much but i can't back down yeah <laughs> so every 25 he like gives us this five minute speech about how we're fuckheads and how we're throwing away like the best season we could ever have 
every 25 burpees. So he, I, that was like his built-in break, but that was like <laughs> the funniest punishment we ever had because he was like, give me a hundred burp and just not even realizing what that meant. Like <laughs> that is, did that you guys ever do log rolls? Insane amount of burpees. Holy yeah. shit. Did you ever do log rolls in college? Either of you? Mm. Never. You literally just like roll all the way down the field and all the way back. It's actually like one of the worst things because you like get up and I you feel like can't I'm dizzy see because you're that. so dizzy. Yeah, no, you like kids would like die. Like not somersaults. Like, like you're on your like you're literally no, like you're literally rolling and like it's not even a workout. It's just you're, like dizzy <laughs> and fucking want to die. Just Chris, da- ruin your head Chris Daddio, well, Chris Daddio would literally rather do anything than that. Like when we got in trouble and had to do that, he'd be like, "I will do bear claws. I will run the run test. Like, do not make me do slog rolls. You'd literally like be like dead for four hours after doing that." Holy shit! Like, That's actually one of the worst punishments I can think of. Again, not because it's hard, but because you're just dizzy and you're gonna puke and it sucks. Yeah. When we were in big trouble, we just had um, the worst trouble we ever got in is we had back to back to back um gasser into a reverse gasser so like you know quarter Going half backwards. three quarters midline or like end line end line three quarters mid quarter and uh and it was funny like i remember when corrigan was yelling at us one time i was like the i like you know when you go into a drill into conditioning because you fucked up the drill but you're tired from the drill is I was a senior right. and I was gassed and like freshmen were kicking my ass and Corrigan just stopped everything and goes, Oh, so like you fucking, what have you been doing all winter break? Like you've been smoking weed up in Aspen because weed had just been legalized in, in Colorado. And a, I had never been to Aspen in my life and B like, no, I was just tired from the drill. And that was the worst conditioning day I can remember. I would infinity percent rather do a hundred burp or uh, rather do that than a hundred burpees after gassers. That's fucking yeah, brutal that's with Fisher, dude. <laughs> I, like I said, I really just think he didn't know what yeah. that meant. It was ignorance. <laughs> he was like a hundred, a hundred's a good number. <laughs> that was fucked. That was fucked. Oh, well, let's, uh, let's jump briefly into your pro career. Um, so you originally got drafted by the outlaws and you were still coaching at Monmouth and still being there. Um, I mean, I, I actually didn't know that you were still coaching there for that fifth year. Um, what was that like being on the outlaws? Obviously, you know, we, we can't get through a fucking podcast, you know, without talking about the outlaws for 20 minutes, but, uh, walk <laughs> us through that process a little bit. I mean, there was no process. I wasn't on the outlaw. <laughs> you got drafted by them though, right? Yeah, I got drafted. I mean, so Tony Seaman calls, he's like, Hey, Bryce, hey, Bryce we like what you, we see. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> be a pro lacrosse player we think you so and he's a he's a great guy i love coach steven but like we just the summer just started ticking along i keep getting phone calls from sorry but uh, who's calling you my my boys we we're having a we're having a dinner tonight because i'm back in miami so all my law school boys were meeting up for more whiskey and some drinks but uh have a have a night (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's monday you know that right wait what <laughs> i'm like upset i'm having these like four beers i'm gonna be hung over tomorrow <laughs> yeah we're about to have a night but anyway so i get because <laughs> seaman calls and like so i was at i was at monmouth we weren't making any fucking ncaa tournament we weren't making a run and that was back when the mll started before the college season was over so i was like okay fuck yeah like my time is gonna be before all the good kids from Duke and North Carolina get there. <laughs> mm-hmm. really. I, I was like, I'm going to slip right in, and that's my shot. 
North Carolina lost early because they drafted two attacking. It was me and Chris Cloutier. Fucking Cloutier. What a beauty. <laughs> and so and they, went with, they went with Cloutier? Yeah, who, who would have thought, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. So they so we finished our season. We had like a week. And then the first round happened. I think North Carolina lost in that first round. And it seems like, yeah, hey, we're going to go with Cloutier. You know, he's like, what he brings to the table. And so, <laughs> Clute starts his first game. I'm like, okay, we'll see what happens. We'll see what's going to happen. He, I swear to God, I think he had nine points in his first pro game. Yeah, I actually remember that. I, I yeah. thought you got drafted the year <laughs> after because I remember Kluch coming in, and I don't remember ever meeting you. No, say because I never fucking didn't go. So you got drafted, and they didn't even like bring you out to training camp or a game or anything. Because I, so that was, we finished <laughs> fucking. Nerd. We finished after training camp. I think I literally I lost in my conference tournament the week of the first game. Oh fuck! So we could have been so buddies. I missed, I missed training camp. I missed all that shit, and then Kluge lost the next week and came out and just balled <laughs> out from from the first second. Balled out. And so I stuck with the Outlaws because that was the year with the World Games. Oh, that's right. So I was, I was like, fuck yes. This is the date. I literally, I had it circled, not circled, but metaphorically circled. In your head, yeah. I was like, I was like this is my fuck. Because the Outlaws had Westberg, all those Canadian guys, a few American team guys. Like, I was like, okay, this is my fucking weekend, this game. The week before it comes, I still haven't heard anything. <laughs> And I just called, I called Tony Steven. I'm like, yo, coach, like, I've stayed ready. Or, like, <laughs> I, I know you're – I literally told him the fact. I was like, I, I know you're losing four offensive starters. I'm ready. Like, when is my play to Denver? He's like, yeah, we're going to use our practice squad, guys. Oh, really sorry. <laughs> Stay ready for your shot. I was like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> made, a fu- made a couple phone calls. Uh, Dan Kachi, who was the DC at Towson, he was tight with the coaches at the machine. And he was like, they're losing everybody. I mean, that was Shriver, Holman, all those guys. And he was like, they would want you. Call Coach Seaman back, ask to get released, which was tough because I really wanted to just like play in Denver, yeah. like play in Mile High. That would have been sick. But Call Coach Seaman was just coach. I know there's an opportunity out there for me. Please release me. I'm a kid. Like I went to Monmouth, right? Like it's not like I carry. Yeah. It's not like my name carries any weight in pro lacs. Like every day that goes by, my chance yeah. of ever playing lacrosse again just dwindles. And he was like, you know, you know, I, I understand. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> and he and he released me. Which credit to him, he didn't have to. Which literally, if he didn't do that. I probably never would have played a, played a pro lacrosse game. He, yeah, I like, I fucking love Tony Seaman. And then you went to Ohio and actually, you know, I think because Holman was out, you made a name for yourself. So if you could walk through making a name for yourself in Ohio so that Evan could maybe take a couple notes, um, I think that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, Evan was, when the PLL split, Evan was supposed to be our starting goalie. Thank you. That- <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Fuck you, Nick. I'm pissed that didn't happen, dude, because not only not only on the field, whatever, fuck that shit. Like you would have loved Columbus. Because like Columbus Oh, I went to training camp and I went out, so <laughs> I, I had a time. We'll, we'll call it we'll call it a D list city. Like it's a city, but it's a college town. It's kind of fun, dude. 
it's I had a great time. So much fun, dude. Like you're at a rooftop bar, downtown Columbus, whatever that means, and you're paying two dollars for a Bud Light. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. I remember when we were in when we were in training camp. It was like it was like pretty intense, and then we had this like scrimmage, and it was my first taste of, the next day on like the Sunday, and it was my first taste of like playing in the MLL, and like we were all just gonna like scrimmage each other like inter squad. And me, Pat Young, and Parker Ferry, who was like another goalie, we were like, "Fuck it, like we're going out. Like it's a Saturday night." I remember we walked past like all the like all the veterans on the team who were like at training camp. We were just like, "Oh yeah, we're just like they're in the lobby or something." And we we're like, "Yeah, we're just like going outside." And then just ended up like going out to, like one in the morning. Show up the next day. I was like, "I'm gonna play so bad." Ended up playing pretty well, but yeah, that was uh, that was my first taste. But I had a great time there. It was the bars are like. The bars kind of rip off there. They rip, and it's so like cheaply priced. You get your yeah. whatever it, it is. It felt for... like Syracuse, honestly. It felt like going out yeah. in downtown Syracuse. I was back. Yeah, so <laughs> Ohio, Ohio was awesome. And I really, if it wasn't, you, you talk about Marcus Holman. It's funny. Because I played in that first game during the World Games when Marcus, Tom, all those guys were out. I only had a goal. Like, the first goal of the game, and I didn't do shit the rest of the game. I was just kind of like there on the field. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have been invited back that next week if Marcus didn't do his like gelato tour of Italy. Do you guys remember yeah. that? He was like yeah. all over IG about it. He like went around Italy like eating all this gelato and all this pasta and he missed the next week of the machine. And they're like, okay, fuck, we're still missing a righty attack. And like Bryce, just come back. And that was the game where I went three and one in that game. And that's when I finally like stuff you know like, <laughs> fuck yeah if it wasn't for Marcus, like winning that gold still being hammered going to italy instead of coming back to columbus ohio i pro- i still probably wouldn't even be playing pro lacrosse god that's a that's a hell of a story also evan i didn't know that like you should have been the starting goalie that year is that like com- dude i was like i i mean i think i told the story on the last on the last episode or in the intro or something um but I literally was like, didn't have summer plans. I was like, I'm going to play for the machine and be the starting goalie. And we were having like calls and we were like, yeah, like, like Bear Davis is literally talking to us. Like, here's what the season's going to look like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, kind of pumped to play. And then we just get an email like, the machine are dead. <laughs> like, we're fucking, <laughs> season's canceled. And we all get in the player pool and they do like this redraft. I'm like, all right, well, I'm looking at all the goalies. I'm like, there's no fucking way I get drafted. They already have their backups and their starters. Like, I can't get drafted. So like that's that's what happened. There was no oh, there was no chance blows, for it. Yeah, Evan, Evan was in line to be one of those starters in the league, and then just yeah. Then they got rid of the machine and like the launch or something, and we just all got fucked. <laughs> just like, one morning, and it was just like gone. Yeah, I remember I was at work and I saw the email. I was like, "Fuck me!" Like now I don't have any plans. <laughs> so I like fucking text all my friends like, "Who has a house in Montauk? Who has a house on the shore? Like I'll pay anything. Just get me to do something. Like fuck this." so bad jesus that is a stroke of bad luck and now you're blackballed from the player pool like what a fucking yeah. joke yeah yeah Yo, you're coming to two free agents right now yeah yeah <laughs> yeah should we I'm become a package deal guys not worth <laughs> yeah. trading so yeah we're just three legends right now um <laughs> what uh what what brought you over to boston i mean i'm assuming the league folding but like you know talk through ohio ohio dying. folding and like you know did they pick you up immediately like did you choose no, that to, over the PLL? I went to Dallas, went to Dallas first. Oh, right. Yeah, I played for the Rats. Had an awesome Oh, that time is fucking, right. Fuck. Yeah, I, I played for the Rats. Fucking love the Rats. That was one of the best summers I've ever had. All those uh, Bubba Voigt, 
Yeah. Boy, boy. He's, he's the, the man. He told me to hop on this podcast and just go, me. <laughs> <laughs> that dude's a, he's a cloud, dude. He's one of my best friends on that team and in the league. Like, one of the best dudes ever. Yeah. And then uh, what brought me to the can, I was thinking about switching. I was going to be in that entry draft with Zed and all those guys, but that Boston owner was like, what's the number? I go, what do you mean? A million dollars. <laughs> he's like, what's the PLL contract? I told him. I was, he goes, all right, I'll double it. Really? I go, okay, well, I also need an internship. He goes, oh, funny story. I'm also a minority owner of the Celtics. Jesus. <laughs> so he just rolled out the red carpet for you? Yeah, he was like, come come work for the Celtics and come make double of what you're supposed to. And I'm not going to say no to that over yeah. Yeah, that's that's Bro. the dream little hand in hand. Like you get the <laughs> yeah, job, I would do that you get in a heartbeat. Double job, fuck. Yeah, I yeah. I think he saw the writing on the wall. I think he knew that the MLL was, if not at its last season, at the very end of it, which it turns out it wasn't the last season. So you know, I think that I think he knew that. I think he didn't have a ring from when he took over the team, and I think he wanted that. So I like me, Randy, Brian Cole, like a bunch of guys, kind of got like a sweetheart's deal to yeah. Goodrich. Didn't they give Goodrich a fucking Yeah, Goodrich, team? Morocco. Yeah. Um I mean I guess we can say this the MLL doesn't exist. Like yeah, like we pretty much everyone on that team was like just get it and get like they bought a championship. That's what happened. Like all the outlaws guys are pissed because we beat them in the championship and we literally just like we bought it. Like that's what happened. I mean fuck that <laughs> those were two fucking ridiculous teams. Can't be mad about that. Right. Well, uh, shit. So it, it does kind of blow my mind that you're the reigning MLL MVP on some stacked teams and you go undrafted. This might be the first time I've seen someone that it, that actually has the warranted storyline of I went undrafted and I probably should have, even though they're going to apply that to 500 different players throughout the entire season and everybody has a chip on their shoulder and we've seen this narrative 500 times. Um, did that piss you off a little bit or were you just like, all right, fuck it. Like whatever team picks me up, I'll just go ball out for them. It did piss me off. I you don't know, blame like, you. I, I wish I could say, cause you know what? Like, cause I got drafted second to last in the MLL draft and I can't say it pissed me off. Cause I went to Monmouth. I went to a small fucking school. Like I knew I was going to be overlooked. Right. And I knew my whole MLL career until I proved something I was going to be overlooked. And then I like call the bubble call it what you want but like no one else in the mll outplayed me last year right like i yeah like, does, anyone, does anyone does anyone does anyone look at zed and they're like oh like it was just a bubble all this shit you know like yeah. why why am i the one that gets told oh it's just a bubble yeah like you know like yeah no that's fair so so like that so when it's my turn to get picked up and I don't get picked up, oh, it was just a bubble. It's not the real MVP. There's an asterisk. But like, it, <laughs> That's a pissed. little fucked. I yeah. mean, it was still a ridiculous. So that, yeah. that was the thing is like it, when, you know, obviously the leagues are competing and before the merger, it was like, you know, they, they wouldn't even say it. They'd be like, you know, that other league. And right. I'd be in the hotel watching, um, watching the games with Brent Adams. And first off, our initial reaction was like, how the fuck are they playing when it's 140 in Annapolis? I'd cry. <laughs> I just wouldn't, I wouldn't play. Um, and second off, we were like, fuck, these are really good games. And it's kind of a shame that, you know, not enough people are paying attention to that because now there's this huge competition for leagues, but fuck man, like th that was some 
ridiculous lacrosse. Not only the biggest hit I've ever seen in my life um, happened when, you know, the what, what, uh, who, who killed who in that one? Pat and killed Shane Jackson. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, what a, what a hit. And second off, like, the quality of lacrosse was just as good as the PLL. Um, but nobody could awesome. recognize it. Like I just, it yeah. was such a weird time. And for them to, you know, tr- create this narrative that it was a bubble, I was like, you know, this is fucked. And honestly kind of creates an opportunity for a steal in my opinion. But, um, but no, I mean, I, again, one of the few times that I'm going to read this same narrative over and over where it's like underappreciated, I'll be like, you know, that, that actually makes a little bit of sense. Dude. Right. So what, what happened with like, like, where did you think you were going to get drafted? And like, like what happened to that whole process? Cause I'm assuming you're talking to PLL coaches and like had an idea of where you're going to go. I mean, I only talked to three coaches. I talked to coach Quirk with the cannons. I talked to coach Copeland with the water dogs and I talked to coach towers with the chaos. I talked to towers when he thought he was losing miles Thompson in the expansion draft. He was like, Quirk's obviously going to take miles so that he can be with his brother. I want you like this whole thing. Yeah. That didn't happen. So then we stopped talking. Coach Copeland was actually who I talked to when I was thinking about going before I went to the Cannons. Uh, We talked a little bit again, but I know he wanted to fill, like, some defensive holes. Um, So he was kind of wishy-washy with me. And then Coach Cork was like, listen, like, I want you to play for me, the whole thing, whatever. I really don't know what happened. Like, and I I will say this, like, I think – what I do think is most fucked about the whole process, not even me not getting drafted, what I think is the most fucked is that these PLL coaches talk to their players about who they should draft in this draft. Yeah. You know, like, Evan, you're a New York Jets fan. Are the Jets going to ask Sam Darnold who they should take <laughs> in this No, draft? I mean, I agree with you. I'm very like, outspoken that, like, I mean, the coaches shouldn't even be the GMs. Don't even get me started. The coaches shouldn't be making the draft. They should have their impact, their input. But you need a GM in place who's making call, business decisions. Call, call what you want. I think that's some. I think that's something that upset me the most is that like all the. It, it's more. It's more like getting into a country club than it is playing a professional sport. It's like. <laughs> Who's the best? You're preaching to the choir, dude. I can't even get in the pool. Consider yourself lucky. I can't even get in the community pool. Forget the country club. They won't even let me in the community pool. It's like, it's like, oh, who's our best fit? Who fits in with our guys the best? Who meshes with? Like, that's country club shit. Yeah. Like, you know, like that, you drop, you take who is best and who's going to help you win games. Yeah. And I think, that, I think that people were, like, picking guys based on who meshes well, like, I yeah, I'm with you. I didn't get drafted. Her- so obviously, I'm a hater. Like, yeah. I, I'm obviously a hater. But, like, name another professional league that would ask one of their star. Like, Deshaun Watson's all pissed because no one talked to him about who they should draft. Yeah. Like, do you Maybe think- the NBA. I think LeBron right. might get looped in or James Harden or something. Like, but I hear so you. What, one guy. <laughs> like, yeah. I know what you're saying. But, like, like are yeah. the Jets going to ask Sam Darnold, who should we take with number two? No shit. He's going to yeah. say, take an offensive tackle. <laughs> Take this the OT from what the fucking Oregon because yeah. I don't want to lose my fucking spot to Justin Brett. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. It's so interesting, like because I know that that's happening, but I'm not a good enough player to like actually be looped into those conversations. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, yep, like 
I'll, con- I'll continue to be man. the glue guy, the funny guy. <laughs> and I'm like, this is playing into my favor. Cause I know, you know, maybe someone asked coach Nat, should, you know, should we trade Nick? First off, what the fuck would we get for him? Second off, no, he makes jokes in the locker room, so we got to keep him. So I'm like, yeah, fucking take the players into account. I, yeah. I need this shit. So it's, I mean, it's true with everything. If you're not threatening somebody, they're going to like you more than if you are. Yeah, so, exactly. That, yeah. That's actually why Bryce didn't get taken and why I'm still on the team is because, you know, I'm just kind of <laughs> lurking in the shadows. But I'm not going to steal anyone. Clearly, stuff. why I can't get in the league. Yeah, it's just I'm, I'm, be there. I, I'm not going to say it's why I didn't get drafted. But, like, I just didn't like that, you know? So, I mean, you're going to – I mean, I don't want to make you say this on the podcast, but you're pretty confident you're going to get picked up once, like, the pool opens, right? Have you talked to anyone? The only person I've talked to is Quirk. Really? He's the only one that's reached out. I'm sure you'll you'll get uh, picked up. I I would be fucking appalled and astonished if you don't. And I'm literally never wrong on this podcast. I don't know if you heard me predict (laughs) Pat Kavanaugh's exact (laughs) points last week, but you're going to get picked up. Well, it's interesting. Like, like, my ideal end game would have been to be on the cannons. Did it happen in a fucked up way that just like hurt my feelings and led me to this point? Yes. But like, if I still end up in the cannons, then it's the same like end game, you know? And you got a great podcast interview out of it. This yeah. is awesome. <laughs> there you go. That, and that matters more than anything. I wouldn't have been on this podcast if I didn't go on a draft. Exactly. So, well, okay. So I, I want to touch on one thing and I, I apologize for this. I didn't like you going into this podcast. You you've turned that around phenomenally. And the only thing that I saw about you um, outside of like, you know, playing and you can't really get a sense if you like someone when they play, but it was just that article of you getting a helicopter in a suit and you're walking off and you're looking all sexy and you have this suit and it's like Bryce Wasserman is in fucking law school and look at how sick he is. And I (laughs) just something about that. I was like, fuck this kid. I hate him. (laughs) Can you walk us through a little bit about that photo shoot? Because I know that that is a, total stupid reason to not like someone and i apologize for that but uh what what was the story behind that yeah so i will get you into the story behind that i think before i address that you saying you didn't like me i think there's gonna be a lot of people that are pissed at that and the only people that are pissed about that is my family because (laughs) my my two younger brothers who one the older one plays at towson the younger one plays at utah and my dad who is so anti pro lacrosse has talked to, I've had to talk about the ledge for making burner accounts for years <laughs> now. <laughs> Talking shit to every, like, dude, my family is the biggest fans of this podcast. So that part will hurt them. So I just wanted to give them a shout out because all <laughs> of them love this podcast more than anything, love the Twitter more than anything. Yeah. So I, I had, I had to give them a shout out. As you're saying, you hated me before going into this. So now going into the helicopter thing. That was 2019. The MLL season went until October, I think. Um, I was the best man in a wedding. September 7th, I think was the date. And the Rattlers had... So I was the best man, right? So he proposes. They're planning their wedding. I'm still on the machine with Evan. until (laughs) Yeah. And so... We're yeah, ranked yeah. first in the league. We're, we're the favorites <laughs> to win it all. And we, we have our we have our schedule and shit. And they're like, when's a bye week? Like when works for you? I'm like a I'm a groomsman. I'm standing next to the groom. Like I have to be there. And I'm like, oh, September 7th, we have a bye week. Do it then. Machine fold. I get 
picked oh, up by the rats fuck. in three other fucking games. They they plan their whole wedding around me, but we have a game on that day. But the wedding is in Fort Worth. My game is in Dallas. It's like a 45, the wedding's at six, the game is at seven. All they're saying, they're doing their I do's, they're kissing, and then everyone's getting on a party bus and going to the reception. And so, we're a 45 minute drive from the stadium, but we're a 15 minute helicopter flight. (laughs) And we we have all those hookups with the Cowboys. Um, I tell our team president, I'm like, listen, this is my situation. He goes, give me a minute, let me get on it. They call the Cowboys. They do all this shit. It turns out that the Cowboys helicopter was going from Dallas to drop off like some player's mom who's like crippled pretty much. Like she she can't drive. She can't do all. So they put her on the team helicopter to come back and forth to the facility. No way. The team president was like, listen, the Cowboys helicopter is going to be at Meacham Airport from this time to this time. It has to come back. If you show up, you can get on it and you can come make no the game. No way. Wow. Dude, so dead ass. All my lacrosse shit's in my dad's car. I am in the tuts. Everything's in my locker at the star. They say, I do. You may not kiss the bride. Bam. I. They walk down the aisle. I'm not even following down the aisle. I'm out the back door in my dad's car to the airport. onto the. And so the MLL knew that. So they relayed it to the MLL. They're like, if Bryce makes this helicopter, be here with the camera. Like you're not going to want to miss. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I make the helicopter by like 10 minutes. I think walk onto this thing, jump on it lands right in the fucking Cowboys practice oh, facility. Fuck. I hop out. And so the, the thing that's on the video that no one saw is I walked into the Cowboys cafeteria and all of them were in there. No, all the Cowboys so players, <laughs> all of them, all the Cowboys players. I landed on their fucking practice field. I hop out in a tux holding a fucking lacrosse bag and a stick. <laughs> and so the the cowboy security guard who was walking me through the cowboy stuff to our like to the field, she told the camera guy, she was like, You can't have your camera on here, turn it on after he gets out of this room. Turns out the room was the cowboys cafeteria. I walked through the two motherfuckers who are sitting at the table right at the door, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott. That's awesome. And Ezekiel, <laughs> he goes, Yo, did you just come from fucking prom or something? <laughs> I mean, no, dude, I was in a wedding. I played pro lacrosse for that team that plays after y'all practice. They're like, oh, no shit. Dap them up. Walk oh, in and go play. fuck. That's awesome. That's even worse. You know, I, I was hoping it was such a lame story that I could continue to have this manufactured hate towards you. That's a fucking awesome story. And the fact that it was just, you know, the, the Cowboys hooking it up and you got to dap them up. Fuck off. I might not. Yeah, I, we I shouldn't might have asked. Not like you. That's a sick story, dude. Dude, dude what crazy. always, what always pissed me off about it was, or what, not pissed me off, but I was like, all right, this kid did not need to leave the goddamn tux on. Like he's just trying to flex on everybody with the tux on. But it sounds like you were up against the against the time. So then I left that wedding at probably six fifteen. The game started at seven. <laughs> if you if you watch the video the whole way, I walk in during the pregame speech. Like oh rah rah all this shit and I'm like I walk in during it. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Well, you know what? What a, what a great way to end a chapter of hate in my heart. And for the record, for the Wasserman family listening to this, I irrationally hate too many people. All right, so so Bryce <laughs> is more of a, a you know. 
that that's on me. That has nothing to do with your son, your brother. That has to do with me being kind of a judgmental piece of shit. So I apologize for that. But <laughs> to your credit, that's a hell of a way to, uh, to bury my preconceived notion of that, that entire picture. Um, final thing that we'll get into is you're actually, uh, so you're in law school at Miami. Um, if we, you know, slander you on a future podcast, do you have the, uh, the capability to sue us out of existence? Yeah. So I actually don't, I haven't learned like defamation or anything like that. So I Thank think God. you guys are good. All right. We're clear then. You guys are good from here on out. <laughs> I haven't learned any of that shit yet. So you're good. Oh my God. Dude, I... <laughs> I'm blowing it. I just, no, you're good. Those are your law school boys wondering where the hell you are for dinner, right? Yeah, pretty much. All right. Well, you know what? So you're not going to sue us. Last question is you're on the Orange Bowl committee, correct? I Yeah, this fall I worked for the Orange Bowl committee on the legal team. Yeah. How much do I have to pay you to get Notre Dame, you know, maybe some favorable calls, maybe their first playoff win in a long time? I'll fucking do anything at this point. I'm completely desperate. A Notre Dame Orange Bowl will be fun because that means you got to come to South Beach and get after it a little I, bit. So we I had that uh, opportunity I I in 2012. I couldn't afford it at the time, but all my friends went to that national championships where we got our shit pushed in by Alabama. All my friends yeah. said it was one of their best times of their life, and I was just like, all right, I need to start working to make some fucking money here. Yeah, well, next time, I think I know somebody that knows somebody. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take you up on that offer. That would be a hell of a time. I'm can, we get, can we get Syracuse in it? You're looking at my, you're looking at my plate. Yeah, he doesn't paper. have that much pull. Yeah. <laughs> Notre Dame, next Orange Bowl. I got it. Fucking right. <laughs> oh, and uh, and last point before we log off, I know you have a dinner to get to. We we have to have to address your email for all of our listeners out there. I asked Bryce for his email, and he goes, "Oh yeah, it's Bryce at thewassermans.net." unbelievable humble brag you have to give us some insight into how your email is at the wassermans.net maybe the biggest humble brag there's ever been on this pod is at the wassermans.net dude there's nothing crazy behind it if you remember the like those GoDaddy ads back like 10 years ago with Danica Patrick. Oh, I those were my formative yeah. years. I remember those when, very when well. Was, oh yeah. <laughs> when I was 14, when I was 14 I had no fucking idea what those things meant. Like, I had no idea. I just saw Danica Patrick in a fucking bikini. I was like, this is sick. <laughs> it turns out those those advertisements were for like to make your own domain name. So like you could like you could yeah. make your email at thewassermans.net off of godaddy.com. Mm. So we like my dad's always he's been self-employed for like the last 15 years now. He saw that commercial, he's like, fuck yeah, I'm just hooking the family up with free clout for the rest of their lives like we <laughs> your horny ass dad saw that ad because of daddy <laughs> yeah, <Patrick. laughs> yeah, everyone's getting hooked up so let everyone me mom <laughs> we are all rocking at the watchman's.net and it i knew as soon as i because i sent it to you and i read it and i was like oh shit and the second message i sent was please don't roast me on the pod <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we let you handle it. Uh, any final shout outs? Uh, anything that you want to plug? Any charities? Any anything that you want to, uh, you know, sign off with? Uh, charities, FCA lacrosse, bridge lacrosse, two very near and dear to my heart. Um, a quick plug. I I signed a sponsorship deal hey. after going. So I think that that's like, like I said, nothing, nothing's been better publicity wise than going undrafted. What, what lacrosse publicity means to you. 
it's not much, but it's something. Um, so that'll be coming out in the next couple of weeks. What's the sponsorship? Can you tell us or no? I, I don't think I don't think they want me to say before the big announcement. Stay but, tuned. Oh, okay, Stay okay. tuned. All It'll right. be a good one. It'll be a good one. Beauty. Well, Bryce Wasserman, thank you very much. This completely flipped this fabricated idea based off of one picture that I had about you. Thank you very much for coming on and we will talk to you soon, buddy. Thank you all. See you later. Thanks, man. Thank you to Bryce Wasserman for coming on. Sneaky great interview. I didn't really know what to expect. Evan facilitated this week's, um, but I think you know that I wasn't a fan coming in and I couldn't be a bigger fan now. So thank you for coming on and changing my and hopefully every, every other hater's mind. Um, and hopefully we're, uh, we're looking forward to the news of you getting picked up. And with that, as always, Thank you to our great partners over at Sideline Swap. Again, as we mentioned before that interview, keep your eyes peeled for the uh, Redwoods gear going up to benefit the Owls Lacrosse Club. Um, you know, that, that partnership's going to last a lifetime. So long as I'm living, you'll see me be a big fan of the Owls and Sam and, and the program that they run over there. Starting to get to know some of the kids, uh, you know, on a more personal level, as personal as you can get over Zoom. And they're, they're really changing some lives and they're doing some great things over there. So shout out, Sam. Shout out the Owls. Check out our partners over at Sideline Swap. Um, we'll be blasting that out on Instagram and Twitter. And then also Red Truck Beef Jerky. Again, that's Red Truck Beef Jerky. Dot com use promo code postgame 15 for 15 percent off your order they've been an og they've been a day one we really appreciate their continued support and we will see you next week <laughs>